You are about to listen to an episode of the SMA My Way podcast. Accessibility is important to us. So if you would like to listen along with subtitles, you can follow the link on our YouTube version in the episode description. There you will also find the link to the transcript of the episode. This is a series made by people living with SMA, but it's a series for everyone. Hello, I'm Pia Lemmetty. And I have a daughter who has SMA type 2 and I'm her caregiver. And I also have two other kids. I'm here today to talk about my life and SMA with Anna Kuusela. I've known Anna for many years and when I was asked who I want to do this episode with, I didn't have to hesitate because I knew that Anna would be the right person to do this with. So maybe Anna, you would like to tell a little bit more about yourself. Thank you, Pia. Thank you for the kind words. It is truly honor to be here with you today. So like Pia, I'm native of Finland. I've done my career in management consulting and since moved on to leadership coaching. And while I don't have any experience with uh, people with SMA, I do work with leaders who have varying degrees of challenges in their lives. So while I often work in a business context, we cannot ignore the other pressures and challenges that my clients face. And I've had the pleasure of working with Bia uh, through speaking and through coaching and different engagements. And throughout the years, we have learned a lot about each other. I'd say I've learned a new level of appreciation for women mothers and leaders who have these kind of challenges. So for me also, this has been such an insightful journey. And therefore, I am really excited to be in this conversation with you today, Bia. Yes, I'm very happy to be here with you. And it's great that we made it finally happen because uh, like you said, I feel that like every time I've, I've spoken with you, even we had just a short conversation on the phone, I felt really sort of like I have more energy and, and you always give me new aspects and new ways to think about some things. So it's it's really, really, really good that we are here now together. Um, so maybe we should start to talk about SMA and why are we doing this? podcast. Yeah. I've been with SMA My Way project from the very beginning of this. The reason for me to do is sincerely to help others. I already have gone a long way and learned a lot in these past 15 years. So it would really make me happy if I could help some others, if I could share my thoughts and things that I've learned and also the good feelings to, to somebody else. Yeah. SMA is a rare disease but it still touches so many people in this world. So I think that it's important that we raise awareness and that we also show success stories and, and we can talk about SMA and the challenges, but also the good things that it can bring to life and, and communities. So I think that it would be really important that all people would be seen as they are, not as they were disabled or sick. I mean... After all, we all have different features. We have hundreds of different features and all of those features make us unique, but they don't define who we are or what we are capable of doing, feeling or even achieving. So I think that one of my dreams would be that all people, not just the ones who live with SMA, but genuinely all people 
would be faced as individuals by their strengths and capabilities. And yeah, I have many roles in my life. I'm a mother, I'm a caregiver, I'm a professional. I'm also a student these days. I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, a friend, a dog owner. So the, the list is really endless of the roles that I have. And and in my everyday role, I change from one role to another very quickly. And that can happen like several times in the day. In a way, it's a challenge, but also it's, I think it's quite unique. And I feel that I'm quite privileged that I can have so many roles and, and I can do so many things in just one day. But then also, this is something that I would really like to talk about with you, Anna, is that quite often I don't know when I have done enough. I don't really know how to say to myself that, okay, Pia, you have done enough and this is good enough. And that can be quite stressful. And I know that some people tell to me that I can be too hard on myself. And I know you have said that to me too, Anna, several times, but uh, that's a bit of a, how should I say, struggle in my everyday life. And I'm quite sure that like many people like me can relate to this because we need to be like doing so many things at the same time or in just one day. So I don't know, how do you see that? Or like how, what, what would be your intake on this? Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for being so honest <laughs> that you. you feel often that you're not doing enough. And I see that as a quite a common phenomena amongst my clients. And it's also a wider trend where we feel like we've never done enough. And maybe partly that is because of the structure of today's society, where there's always more we could be doing. So it's almost like a new kind of feeling that we need to learn to live with. Yeah, yeah. How does that land with you? Well, I think that it's it's really helpful to hear that like it's not me and that it's it's really common and it does make sense. I mean, the only thing I have to do is when I'm trying to relax and go to bed and I take my phone and I go to social media and then I see people doing all kinds of things. And it makes me to think that, oh my God, well, I didn't do my exercise today. And this and this person went to yoga today. And then she baked to her kids or like she participated in this new course. So there is always like new activities and, and new opportunities arising. And it is a kind of difficult to admit to myself that I don't have to do all that, that it's enough that already that what I'm doing. And many people say to me that, How can you do so much that like, where do you get all the energy and where do you get all that time? And even though I've been told this, I still feel that quite often that I'm not doing enough. And, you know, there's this saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. Wow. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that before, but it's, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really makes sense and it's worth thinking a bit more. Yeah, especially when we compare our everyday lives to the highlights of others in social media. There is this, and I know this from my own experience as well, this feeling of, oh, I didn't get that done today, or, oh, wow, how is this person doing so many things? And like you said before, yourself, is that you also know that you do a lot. Like you achieve many things in your daily life, 
So there's also a question of discernment. Where do you place your energy? And this we, we have discussed before, where it really comes down to choice. We have this choice to be made many times a day where we can choose if we focus on, oh, I didn't do that. Oh, that wasn't done well today. Or do we choose to focus on, okay, I've done this today. And by the way, this is very common for high performance people where they are always looking at what could be better and rarely give themselves time to acknowledge what's going really well because they are afraid that their level of performance might suffer if they recognize the good that they are achieving. And actually evidence says that it's exactly the opposite. When we acknowledge what's going well, we are actually reinforcing that pathway that pattern and building a stronger performance level through that recognition of the good. Well, that truly makes sense now that you said it. It's just sometimes very difficult to to remember these kind of wisdoms when you're performing your everyday life. But Anna, you said something about making choices and that I should make a choice. And this sort of reminds me of, of something that I really wanted to share with you and the others today because I have to go back many many years over a decade ago when my daughter was diagnosed with SMA and I was really unhappy back then I was really sad I I felt miserable and actually I felt that I will never be happy again and I quit my day job and I nearly cut out all the people in my life because I decided, okay, it's not worth doing it anymore. That I I, I was only able to see myself as a, in this really dark place with a disabled kid. And that took maybe, I don't know, three, four months that I felt really miserable. But then something happened. It was like, like some invisible power was reaching out to me and feeding me with like this eager to to live and happiness. And that's when I decided that, well, that's actually when I realized at first that, you know, we are not in the waiting area for something better to come. And like, this is my life now and this is what I've been given. And then I made a choice. I decided that, okay, this is my life. And this is what I have. And now it's my time and my job to make the best out of it. And also to make the best out of my daughter's life and my whole family's life. So it was really a turning point and it was all about the decision that I made. And I think that like it was really a life-changing moment for me when I made that decision. And I think that it's a decision that I still make every morning when I wake up. Because I'm not saying that it's always easy and that life would be just full of fantastic, happy moments and things. There are concerns and sad moments, but yet I have made this choice to to try to make the best out of it. And, and I think it's really important and it's something that keeps me going, so to say. Yeah. And it's uh, amazing that your daughter has made the invitation for you to step into 
a greater version of you, right? That's very true. And again, like the many things that we've discussed so far can be seen as easy, but the proof is in the pudding. Like the practical application, the daily application, remembering this stuff. Yes. And what you said about my daughter made the better version of me. I think it's like so well said because I've been thinking that I've learned so much because of my daughter. Of course, being a parent teaches us a lot, but then as being a special needs parent, it teaches a lot more. And I truly think that I would be quite different person if it wasn't SMA in my life. I bet. And isn't it interesting that Many people today have a hardship around navigating their lives because they are lacking motive, because they are lacking the why. To me, it sounds pretty clear that you know why you are doing certain things. You have a very strong motive there in your daughter and wanting to be a great mother to her. So I know we are in a conversation, but if this were a coaching conversation, could I maybe offer you an observation that I believe will support you? <laughs> Please go ahead. So the BI here now and the amount of strength and resilience that is in your speech, and I see it in your appearance as well, that's a lot of the good stuff that we mentioned earlier, how making sure that we focus on the good things and the things that we can do really well, that we don't forget that because it's so easy to fall in the trap of comparing ourselves or always feeling like, we are not enough. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out that you are also very strong and resilient. And I know that not just based on this conversation, I know this based on several years. So yeah, and uh, it's, it's great that you mentioned the resilience because it's something that I, I truly think that it's one of my, if I can say superpowers, because I've learned to be really, really resilient and it is a skill and a strength that it's not something that you really can write on your CV. And it's like, it's so easy to say that, well, I'm really good in, in singing or I'm really good in, in running a marathon or I'm really good in whatever. But this is the kind of thing that it's, it's a bit more abstract in a way. It's more difficult to measure. And maybe that is why it is so difficult to see it as a personal strength, if you know what I mean. Well, you are a woman of many talents as well. I know you are multi-passionate, as one could call you, because you have your career, you have multiple leadership positions, and you look after your family, so you have many roles. Something that I'm curious now as your daughter is getting closer to adulthood and uh, moving into workforce is how is your role as a mom shaping and what are your thoughts on, on this big transition happening in your daughter's life? Uh, well, first, I like I can't really understand where have the years gone. Like, how is my daughter so, so adult and, and so smart and so independent already? Because it was just like yesterday that she was my baby. <laughs> But I think this is something that all parents are are struggling with that, like the years just go by so quickly. But for me, it's I have to say that since I'm also her caregiver, so there are two roles that I have towards my daughter and the other one is caregiver and the other is a mother. And sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to keep these two separate. 
that I have to do some stuff as a caregiver, but yet I think that my biggest role is to be her mother. And since she's growing up and, and becoming more independent, of course, she needs more and more help from the others too, because mom cannot always be there for her. And like, I can't be solving all her problems and helping her with all the stairs and and even the physical challenges that she's facing. So I learned that long time ago. I realized that I can't be there for her forever. So I try not to do things for her any more than it's absolutely necessary that, you know, I don't give her ready answers, but I try to make her to think and to solve these problems on her own. And I have sort of like increased her responsibilities a little by little. For instance, she's using taxis and she has personal assistance and all kind of help that she's getting from others. Like a few years ago, I was the only manager of these assistants and I was always making sure that all the taxi rides were happening and all, the da- all that. But now we are doing it together with her and little by little, I'm letting her do it more independently. So I want to prepare her though, so that when she's 18 and and when, I don't know if she's going to move out from home when she's 18, but whenever that happens, she will be prepared that she will know how to do things so that she doesn't have to call me every time that mom, can you help me? And then she can call me on earth like any other 18 or 19 year old would call her mom too. So that's, that's something. And how is this transition feeling Like for you as a mother, how are you feeling about all this? Well, I think that um, it really has several sides. Of course, in a way, it makes me feel a bit sad. And then sometimes it makes me to think that how will she cope? Because we all know that this world is not really diverse yet, even though we like to talk about it. And, And I know that she will be facing a lot of challenges in many ways. But at the same time, I know that she is so ready. And to be honest, I think that she's more ready to become independent than I ever was when I was her age. Wow. Thank you for listening to part one of this SMA My Way podcast episode. If you would like to hear more about how my role as a mother has changed over the last few years and my thoughts on diversity in the workplace, please subscribe and check back when part two goes live. For more information on SMA My Way, please visit global.smamyway.com. Thanks everyone for listening. 